I think in uh, my opinion, it's very, I just said it, it's very uh, important to work together mm -hmm. uh, with companies, but also uh, in healthcare, but also in tech. So I think we, uh, we women uh, most of the time also speak a different language. So if we can work together, we can uh, inspire other future uh, tech uh, women to work uh, in this very great part of uh, of the landscape, to be honest. So mm -hmm. yeah, working together, uh, I think that's the most important thing. Okay, thanks. Irene? Yeah, I think I would take it a little broader and not just women uh, disrupting tech, but in general, if you look at impact, what is needed, of course, it will be great if in 10 years time, impact is not a separate topic or women in tech is not a separate topic. I think what is needed, I agree with Ariana, is to just collaborate, but also to just have a positive mindset and 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 to think in an innovative way and think in solutions instead of just getting stuck in uh, in, in uh, reasons not to do something or uh, yeah I, I really believe in a positive um, mindset and in uh, looking for solutions instead of yeah spending too yeah. much time in the difficulties. <laughs> Welkom bij Women Disrupting Tech. Mijn naam is Dirk-Jan Hupkes en in deze podcast ga ik op ontdekkingsreis in de wereld van vrouwen in de technologie sector. Ik ga in gesprek met vrouwen die in tech werken of oprichter zijn van een tech startup. Ik ga op zoek naar het antwoord op de vraag hoe zij er wel in geslaagd zijn om succes te hebben. Met andere woorden, hoe zij de technologie sector disrupten. Luister je mee? Hey, welcome back to Women Disrupting Tech. My name is Dirk-Jan Hupkus, and in this episode, we'll dive into the world of impact. We'll do that with two guests, Irene Samuel from Impact City in The Hague and Ariana van der Linden, and she's the Managing Director of Quibble. Before we go there, uh, a question. Would you consider the city where the central government resides as the place to be for innovation and impact startups? I know I wouldn't, but as we'll find out during this episode of Women Disrupting Tech, that is exactly what Impact City in The Hague is about. We'll also find out about their flagship event, Impact Fest, and Impact Fest takes place on the 7th of November uh, 2023 in the Fock Terminal in The Hague. The 8th edition of Impact Fest is the event where over 2000 policymakers, startups, scale-ups, corporates, knowledge institutes, and passionate individuals like me unite to unleash the power of collaboration. One of the startups that will be there is Quibble, and Quibble is Dutch for chit-chat, the type of light conversations that you have with your grandparents, for instance. And that is exactly what Quibble offers. Online chit-chat but in a way that is accessible to elderly people who are not technologically savvy. In this way, Quibble helps you avoid loneliness and isolation, but it can also be deployed in healthcare settings. So in that sense, it's a solution to two problems. Well, if that's not impact, I don't know what is. 
In this episode of Women Disrupting Tech, we'll discover why The Hague is the place to be when it comes to making impact, why it's a good idea to offer an online solution for people without tech skills, and what the next steps are for Kwebbel and Impact City. And as a tip, keep listening until the end, because if you do, you get a chance to attend Impact Fest for free. Now, please welcome to Women Disrupting Tech, Irene Samwell and Ariane van der Linden. So, Irene, Ariane, thank you very much for being my guest today. Uh, welcome to Women Disrupting Tech. Uh, first question that I always ask, uh, ask my uh, guests is uh, how you got into your current position or into your current job. And uh, let's start with Ariane. Ariane? Yes, Ariane. Uh, I have so I have worked in healthcare for quite a lot of years and obtained my master's degree in healthcare management. And I uh, actually was asked uh, to be part of Quebble to join Quebble. And uh, they, uh, my colleagues, they asked me to look at the company, and I was very excited with the goals they have, and mm-hmm. especially the goal of connecting. Uh, technology and healthcare, but also making it accessible for everyone. So yeah. that's where I am right now and the way I came there. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Irene? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been in uh, banking for over 15 years, uh, maybe even 20 years. Um, and there were uh, a certain kind of customers that I had. So I was helping out entrepreneur, entrepreneurs with their financing. Um, and there were certain clients that I found most intriguing. And, and we, when I got to think about it, those were the clients that were not just thinking about making profit, but they were thinking about all kinds of other things, sustainability-wise or social-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do more with those kinds of customers. And uh, But as working in banking, it's all about customer due diligence and other topics that were more important than sustainability was always swiped off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided to uh, make an interesting switch from banking to being a sustainability professional, which was an awkward move, but I, I've never regretted it for a second. So I started working for another organization called MVO Nederland for a while. So it's like CSR mm-hmm. Netherlands, working with the leaders in, cha- in their different sectors on um, uh, building towards the uh, transition to the new economy, as they called it. Um, and that was more project management kind of work. Uh, but I really missed the entrepreneurs because they were getting too far away from me. Um, that's why I decided to um, work for the municipality where I work right now um, with entrepreneurs that are working on sustainable innovation. So um, very happy to do what I do currently. Okay. Um... So, Irene, let's uh, start uh, the the rest of the questions with you. Uh, why does the municipality of The Hague, uh, what what is their goal in, in terms of dealing with uh, impact star- startups then? Because uh, let me give some context for the listeners also. Um, if you look at the startup landscape and the ecosystems, uh, the Hague is not really on the map. Well, maybe as a sort of a side hub from Delft, but that's all. So yet Impact Fest, the the, uh, the conference that we're going to talk about in a bit, is I think one of the biggest in the Netherlands for sure. Um, so I, I was wondering how how 
sort of it causes an error in my brains, but still it's there. Yeah, well, maybe maybe to uh, get out of the way, they were not on the uh, landscape if it comes to uh, uh, housekeeping or uh, having uh, impact organizations in the city of The Hague. There are definitely a whole lot of impact entrepreneurs in the city of The Hague. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hague, as you probably know, is the uh, international city of peace and justice. So we've been working as a city on a better and more just world for over 100 years. Uh, and the world, as we all know, is faced with a lot of uh, societal challenges, uh, and not just the world, but also locally in the, in the Netherlands, but also locally in The Hague. Um, mm-hmm. So what we as a city of The Hague want to do is we want to attract um, organizations working on sustainable innovations uh, to attract them to come t- to the city of The Hague to land here, and we try to help them further grow and scale their business. And um, And if you talk purely on tech, for instance, and of course, there's there's a lot of companies, for instance, in Delft, there's all the, some focus somewhere in Rotterdam, some focus in Amsterdam, but there's also a lot of uh, impact organizations in The Hague, if you look, for instance, at mm-hmm. humanitarian innovations, because there's a lot of NGOs in the city of The Hague, yeah. but also if you look at water-related uh, innovations or energy-related innovations. So there's actually more in the city of The Hague than, than you may realize, and um, uh, so we've been building this... Um, so go ahead. <clears throat> no, and so yeah, so we've been uh, we've been trying to attract these innov- these innovative organizations to the city of the Hague, and on the one hand, that's very local, so we want to have them locally here in the Hague. But in order to build to to attract these organizations, we're building as we call a European ecosystem with all kinds of partners that may be relevant for these startups and scale-ups working on their innovations. Um, and, like uh, what type of companies uh, would I have to think about or partners, partners. would I have to think about? Yeah, so for instance, uh, a few examples of the partners that we've been working with for multiple years is, for instance, Rabobank and Stichting Doen. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are partners that are very relevant if it comes to funding, the funding landscape of these entrepreneurs. Uh, so if you look at, the, for instance, Doen, uh, Stichting Doen, uh, there are foundations that are investing in impact-first organizations, so on, on innovations that a regular financing landscape doesn't invest in yet. So those are partners yeah. that are very relevant for our entrepreneurs. Uh, uh-huh. So just as an example, but there's also philanthropy associations that we collaborate with. Um, uh, there's uh, knowledge institutions. There's all kinds of different uh, partners that we work with. Okay. And uh, is it... <clears throat> Is this a purely? Uh, is it? It was initiated out of the government, but is it also uh, a government initiative, in the sense of that it's like uh, uh, the government funds it, runs it, and yes, yes. yes. So yeah, as a short answer is yes. So we are the initiator. So I work for the municipality of the Hague, Department of Economic mm-hmm. Affairs. So we are really a program from the municipality. Mm-hmm. Um, as we thought it was necessary to start building this ecosystem, we see it's necessary that these startups and scale-ups, they get the opportunity to grow and scale their business. Yeah. But in the end, it's not our goal to keep uh, working on a program like this by ourselves. So we're trying to make this a more public-private collaboration over the years to make sure mm-hmm. that it's not just run by the government, but it's actually... Uh, taken over by the market itself. So we're working very closely with local partners as well and and, and regional partners to build this ecosystem together. And one of the examples, for instance, is our own group, a partner also in the city of The Hague. They are 
together with us building this ecosystem. And uh, there's lots of other partners that are working with us. So in the end, we envision it not just being a program from the municipality, but a public-private collaboration with this whole ecosystem and the entrepreneurs. Okay, so where, where the government actually kickstarts uh, the program exactly. by funding its first first stage and then gradually handing over to the to the private sector. Exactly, and we'll probably always be part of it, so we'll, we won't mm-hmm. take our hands off of it, so we'll be funding if necessary, but uh, yes, indeed, it's not the purpose to keep funding this just by ourselves. Okay. Uh, does the government, uh, the local government in The Hague then also have a view on, on uh, women in tech, on how to promote that? Is there, is there uh, like, do you uh, look for special uh, traits in entrepreneurs besides uh, the, the, yeah, you have to have an entrepreneurial spirit, of course, but you look, for instance, uh, like on, on balanced funding? Well, there's, there's, a, there's no specific programming around just women in tech, uh, but there's definitely been parts of the program focusing just on women. We, for instance, had a collaboration with Google where mm-hmm. they had like a female accelerator program that we collaborated with them. So there's definitely parts and we, we participated in a program where, uh, like you said before, there's sometimes role models missing in women in tech. Mm-hmm. We actually participated in a role model model program as well to get these women in tech, uh, make them visible. So there's, there's definitely links towards women in tech, uh, but it's not solely on women in tech. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's also not solely on, on female founders. No, but we do see, for instance, if you look at funding, hmm. uh, personally, I, I always thought there was no issue with, uh, yeah, there was no too. difference with women in in uh, business and, and men in business. But I see myself, yeah. I've been working for Impact City for over three years now. I see that it's somehow more difficult for female founders to get funded. Uh, so I'm, I'm really trying to also talk to the, investors in our network to see what is needed for these female founders to get uh, funded. Do we need to, do the investors need to look at these female founders differently or do we need to educate these female founders to be more male to get this funding? So there's a, there's a lot of interesting discussions with regards to this topic that we can uh, probably spend a whole different podcast on. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can spend all that's. Uh, we can probably spend a couple of episodes on uh, on just that uh, because there is biases uh, at both sides. I think. Absolutely. Uh, also, to uh, yeah, in in terms of uh, self confidence, there's a there's a bit of winning to do uh, in the female camp. I would say, mm-hmm. but also in terms of looking at. I, I was talking to a, um, a female founder uh, last year, and she told me, "Yeah, well, if if I say I'm going to help one million women, yeah. I mean that I'm going to help one million women." Yeah. Now, if a male investor hears that, he will say, "Well, yeah, that's probably going to be like, let's take thirty percent off that, so it's seven hundred thousand. Is it?" Then still a business case. Do I need? Do I want to trust this? Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole. Uh, it's it's it's. Uh, there's this book. Uh, Women come from Venus and men come from Mars. Uh, in terms of funding, they definitely come from a different planet. Right. I get to get the sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
and maybe also the people who uh, provide the funding as well it's also quite a lot of men or is that not true uh, in terms yeah. of the VCs yes yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the the issues I think in the uh, more in the in the finance landscape that the people who uh, pull the triggers, who ultimately decide, are mostly men. And what do me- people invest in? They invest in something that they recognize. So, a man. But I do see. Work. I do see. If if we look at the investors in our network, those are obviously investors that are focusing on impacts i do see a lot of mm. women there as well and more and more yeah. women and i also see that those investors also are really strict on what kind of management teams they actually invest in so if there's just a white male board then they're not even going to look at your proposition so so i see a lot of change happening there as well where they definitely want to have more diversity in a management team so if it's just like i said just white males then they're just not going to uh, even want to look at it or just give them the feedback that they need to diversify their management team. So I, I do see a lot of things happening there. Of course, there's a lot of work to be done, but um, yeah. Yeah, Im- impact is a, is a slightly different piece in the sense, I think, that uh, it's it, there's more women in there in that sector for sure Yeah, because women generally tend to have uh, not only a, a money perspective on it or a technical perspective on it, but really an impact perspective on it, on, on the problem that they're solving. So that makes it uh, probably also a bit easier to jumpstart discussions about uh, diversity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for us, we have the same experience uh, you are saying, Irene. So... With the companies we talk to, it's the same. It's very uh, diverse, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, but it's also an impact uh, investment. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, a bit about impact fest then, uh, because uh, we talked about how the municipality of The Hague is uh, sort of kickstarting a program to get m- more impact uh, start, uh, companies and organizations uh, in today and to help them with a local network. Uh, how does Impact Fest tie in? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, Impact City aims to support these entrepreneurs with different programs, uh, network, uh, visibility, all kinds of things that we do for these organizations. Mm-hmm. We're building this ecosystem. Then once every year, we have this whole ecosystem come together at Impact Fest in The Hague. Mm-hmm. Uh, to physically meet, uh, so it's and we call it fest with the reason because it's like a festival. It's not like just sitting down and listening to people just sending you information. It's really about uh, communicating with each other, and we also build the program with our partners. So it's not just what we decide what the topic is going to be. We co-create the content of Impact Fest with our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, once a year, this whole ecosystem comes together. Um, and uh, we organize this as Impact City, so as a municipality, together with uh, other partners, because there's over 2,000 people uh, joining Impact Fest. Um, it's the eighth edition this year, um, mm-hmm. and there's uh, a few different themes that we have this year. So it's oceans and energy, food and agriculture, uh, circular economy and resources, and climate justice. Those are the main themes of Impact Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also like side themes around it, like impact investing, like uh, diversity. Um, so there's, there's a lot of measurements, all kinds of other themes that are related to these themes. 
uh, and then the program consists of different parts um, like uh, meetups, those are sessions of an hour and a, and a half joy, um, hosted by our partners. And then it's it's not like there's a, a session where they're going to promote whatever they do in the market. It's really a co-creation of partners together talking about a certain topic or uh, having a dialogue of, around a certain, certain topic. Uh, then there's also round tables. Those are smaller sessions of about eight people of 45 minutes. We have a few talk shows on these different themes. There's award ceremonies. I think there's of over 60,000 euros of prize money handed out on this day. Uh, that's the Hague Innovators Challenge. That's a challenge that we organize ourselves as Impact City. But also the Rabobank Impact Fund is handed out this day. And there's a Pulse for Good prize for a, a, um, a winner on uh, improving access to justice. Uh, and then there's reverse pitching, where instead of entrepreneurs pitching to investors, there's actually a reversed um, session yeah, where they... the investors are pitching for the entrepreneurs. And then afterwards, there's a meet the investor session where the entrepreneurs can actually sit at the table and just talk about the different options there. Uh, and I can talk forever, but maybe people should just join and uh, see it for themselves. And it's a lot about networking yeah. and um uh, the, the the vibe is always just great, so I'm uh, really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, I was there last year as a volunteer. The, the the reverse pitching I found really interesting. I think that's uh, what struck me last year was that uh, the pitches, if if it had been a startup pitch, probably no one would have gotten funded. <laughs> it was like there were like two like really terrible pitches in there like yeah we're just so we're diverse well that was the good part that they were a diverse team but the other parts were like totally how their expertise was and i was like yeah that's fine but how are you going to help a startup yeah because that's that's the question exactly yeah that's that's how we'll challenge them uh, Dirk Jan, to make sure that they actually have a good pitch and uh keith yeah. wallace is, is being the host there again and he as no other can uh can moderate yeah. a session like that good yeah that's, that's uh, sounds uh, sounds like fun and uh yeah i can definitely recommend uh people go go there i had a lot of fun last year and also good food really sustainable food absolutely of course even the coffee was sustainable uh, but good quality <laughs> because uh, usually um, sustainable coffee is not necessarily of good quality but this uh, this 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 i remember vividly that it was uh, really and it's really very good. important at an event to, to have good coffee and yeah. sustainable uh, of course <laughs> yeah uh, especially in the netherlands no coffee means uh, that people will not be happy no. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so we talked about Impact Fest, we talked about Impact City, uh, about the city of The Hague. Uh, I want to switch gears to Kwebbel and to uh, Ariane. Ariane, yes. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe start with the backstory of Kwebbel, because it, it's, uh, uh, and maybe also tell people what Kwebbel stands for, the word yeah, Kwebbel. Okay. Uh, I think we started around two and a half years ago um, and my colleague, uh, Harry, uh, he saw a lot of loneliness uh, because of COVID. And then uh, he was like, yeah, I can think I can work something great out for this kind of people. 
-hmm. So he started to connect elderly people with their friends and family. And uh, right now we're uh, having a lot of uh, very uh, content uh, quibblers, as we call them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're uh, going through a next phase to uh, be... uh, to make digital healthcare uh, for also this kind of uh, people. Most of the time they don't have the digital skills to provide, to um, do everything online. Mm-hmm. So that's where our focus is right now. So okay. it's very nice, very good uh, to have an impact on this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, really important because, yeah, as you said, there uh, has been a lot of loneliness and there still is, I think. Yeah. Although it's much more interesting. I found that interesting that it actually came to the service during COVID. Yeah, I think before that it was, it was also there, but it wasn't visible. visible. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the case with my colleague. He didn't see it because he was well connected with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, when people had to stay at home, it beca- became very visible. visible yeah. So, yeah. And I think uh, still this day, we have a lot of loneliness, uh, especially with elderly people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's uh, also on the background. So some people just say, I feel a little bit lonely, but I think most of the people don't even say it. So. Uh, they don't want to complain. No. No. At least uh, that's uh, what uh, the signals I uh, get. Uh, f- the, that's my red flag when I talk to my mother. Mm-hmm. If she starts with, uh, she's 85. Yeah, and I, she I, starts I, I, with, uh, uh, I don't want to complain. I, I'm like, uh, okay, this is the part where I start need to start listening and uh, caring a bit more. Yeah. And being a bit more in contact. So, is she staying at home still? Yeah, yeah she's staying at home. And she's uh, the good news is that she's like really healthy. Okay, good. Uh, we still uh, we always joke that we have to make an appointment appointment with her if we want to meet for dinner <laughs> or for uh, for uh, whatever else. Uh, but then she has to uh, look up in her schedule if it fits. If she has any uh, uh, spots left. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, I don't think she's that lonely. But still, uh, yeah, uh, loneliness and uh, elder, especially elderly people, also because it's. It's, it's becoming much more digital, I think, the world. Yeah. That's exactly uh, where uh, Quebble came in. Because I think during COVID, for example, uh, people, uh, they went on Skype or FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And especially this group of people, they couldn't connect because they uh, didn't know how it works. Or maybe they have to do an update and they're like totally lost in the process. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, with that, um, I love what we do because we connect people very easily, mm-hmm. uh, especially with friends and family at the start. And um, yeah, it's just easy. And also with with the people uh, they are using Quibble, they are very yeah happy. And sometimes they even speak more than before. So that's, uh, yeah, I think the best uh, thing to hear. Yeah. It absolutely is. Just just for context, what is, uh, for the non-Dutch people, what does the word quibble mean? Yeah, it, it means talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's a very low, just a little bit of joke, uh, I think, with us yeah. uh, and with the company name, because it, it means connecting for us. But quibble is, uh, you, yeah, it's talking. Yeah, with like a little bit of... Yeah. Uh, 
a bit chit chat also. Yeah. Yeah. So Very low a... profile. Uh-huh. Yeah. So is, it, it is, is this a question that I had when I was reading into it? it was Is this only a solution for uh, people who are uh, elderly? Or is no. this something more like uh, if you're not digitally savvy? That it's... I, I think it's for many other groups as well, to be honest, um, because maybe if you come from a foreign uh, country, uh, you did you don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. That's very difficult, or you don't even had any access to uh, digital stuff. So I think that group is also very important. Or maybe people. Uh, we also have clients uh, or um, people who have quibble maybe with Down syndrome. So it's a very big group of people. But for us, uh, we focus on elderly people because. More than 50% of the people who are 75 or older don't have the digital skills to connect uh, very easily. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that works for us very good. But yes, there are more people who can use, use Quebo, of course. But um, uh, right now, most of our clients uh, are uh, elderly people. Okay. Yeah. So, so what exactly is the product about? Uh, from what I saw on the website, you sent them an uh well an ipad or a, yeah. a, a tablet have, yeah we have i think most of our users are buying the quibble tablet it's a safe environment uh, where people can't get out so it's very easy with uh, like five buttons and with one or two presses at the button they can connect directly um the people surrounding them most of the time maybe the son or daughter they have the app on their phone mm -hmm. and they can install everything so uh, every uh, hard part is not at the elderly uh, person but with the friends and family so that works great and you can also buy the app uh, without a device uh, but i think most of our clients they use the quibble tablet also oh. because it's safe um no one from outside can come in so it's a safe environment mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's how it works and i think most of our uh, users they um for, try to call with each other video call uh -huh. and uh, also put in photos on the uh, photo album or maybe do uh, some talking in the group chat so i think uh, all of that um yeah, makes it a very usual product for friends and family and the elderly to connect to each other. So would it be fair to say it's a sort of WhatsApp, but then for not digitally savvy people? Yeah, I, I think you can say that. I think we have uh, other stuff as well, uh, but like the connecting part, yes, that's the same. Mm -hmm. But I think with uh, WhatsApp, um, you have to have some digital skills. And, and that's where we came in. Uh -huh. uh, because uh, yeah, you don't have to do any updates. Everything is very safe and it's uh, very easy. Okay. And I think you have WhatsApp, but you also have like other uh, kinds of communication platforms. Uh -huh. They're very great. I use them every day, but from some people, it's just too uh, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe also take us through how you built a solution that is like totally non-tech almost well there's the tablet part but uh, other than that there's not really a lot of technology 
Yeah, I think for or us, for, it's... for people who are not technologically savvy, how how do you do that? How do you test that? Yeah, we just talked with a lot of uh, people around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, for me, uh, I worked in healthcare quite a uh, long time, mm-hmm. and I talked with a lot of people who don't have uh, that many digital skills. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's going in it. And also my colleague Harry, he um, just has a way to make things very easy. So it's it's the marked, it's uh, our own uh, uh, thinking about it, and that's combined. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the way we uh, provide. Okay. Right so, now. so, but did you have to um, uh, teach your developers how to to really dummy down on the functionality? I think for us, it's more like a, uh, we work together. Mm. Um, so, um, at first, I think the the main part is the UX design about mm-hmm. uh, the tech. Yeah. So I think for Quebble, that's uh, quite the the biggest part because it has to be easy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, from there, I think if we, um, yeah, we we go test it and, and test it with also our, our uh, users, and that's the way it worked. Uh, this, um, yeah, this way. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't have to uh, teach them any skills. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think it's very good. We also have uh, with the partner we work with, there's a, also a, a woman who um, translates the tech uh, language to the Quebble language, if, if you maybe mm-hmm. uh, understand what I mean. Yeah, and, so sort of business analyst type. Yeah, of... yeah. She, she just uh, translates. Yeah. And that's, uh, we tried to do that before. But she's very, uh, very skilled in that as well. So that's uh, very helpful because the I don't have like a background in uh, in tech. So for me, it's sometimes just I see from uh, the user, mm-hmm. and that translation is very, uh, very. Be- because that uh, going back to the UX, that is really important for user that and to develop that as a technical person for or technologically savvy person for a non-technologically technologically savvy person mm-hmm. to me sounds incredibly difficult because you at least i assume all kinds of things and then i find out oh god it doesn't work like that yeah i think for us it it's uh it's a process mm-hmm. uh, honestly but um i think it's the drive we have so um yeah it's not too difficult but it's a process and it's a, it's very nice to um um work together and and, and talk with users and sometimes uh, they say some things and i'm i'm like oh yeah it's so much more easy and then we uh yeah build it in to be honest, so okay. it's a, it's a process, okay. yeah, but a very nice one. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I was wondering because you're venturing into healthcare, mm-hmm. which is your old uh, field and again new field of uh, yeah. of of working. Uh, what is the how can uh, Quebble improve healthcare? Yeah, um, I think. 
the the Crabble original, the tablet uh, who stand uh, who we put uh, with our users at home. Mm-hmm. Um, from healthcare perspective, I think there's uh, shortage in staff, and uh, the upcoming years that shortage gonna be even more. Mm-hmm. So that's where we we thought we we have to do something about this as well. And I think a lot of people who um, have to uh, use healthcare are most of the time elderly people. Yeah. And um, most of the time they also don't have the digital skills. Mm-hmm. So that's where all things came together. And for us, uh, we provide digital home care. So for example, maybe your mother, uh, she needs some support from a home care organization. Mm-hmm. And we can do uh, like maybe 30% of everything they do can be digital. Mm-hmm. But it's very uh, important that people can access that digital care. Yeah. So that is where we came in. And at first, uh, we, we are building a platform. At first, we're doing it most of the time with like virtual care. So, for example, uh, if um, the client needs his uh, medicine mm-hmm. and they have to have like a little bit of uh, advice around them, mm-hmm. just the home caregiver can um, call them and just uh, give them advice it's very easy but also maybe with uh, other um, medical um, things like if they uh, mm, i think how how can i say it nice um a catheter i don't know yeah. if you yeah um sometimes people uh, they are using catheter it's for uh, uh supporting them i think mm. that's uh, the most uh, best way to say it uh, they can they can switch it if they use it for a lot of time. But sometimes they just need that kind of little support from their caregiver. Uh, okay, you have to do it like this and this. And that also saves, saves a lot of time. So there are many opportunities for digital care, especially yeah. in home care. And I think we are the platform, the, the Quebble tablet is very easy to use for the client and also the caregiver. Yeah. And that yeah. would it would you be used as a communication yeah. tool, right? Definitely. Yeah, okay. definitely. So then it could add up. Uh, I'm thinking out loud r- right now. Then it could uh, be stacked on top of, let's say, uh, a medication cooler that yeah. makes sure that the medication stays properly cooled and releases yeah, it at the right time. And then first time you have to do an injection. Uh, that's always a bit uh, scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even for elderly people, but for many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then you can use the Quibble uh, tablet to uh, teach a person, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you yeah. store it. Yeah, I think you uh, summed it very great. I think that's one of the opportunities. I think right now in the market, you see medication is the, the main focus uh, yeah. because um a caregiver has to go on the bicycle uh, to the client. Maybe they, uh, uh-huh. it's like eight, nine minutes every time. And if you do that, like maybe 10 times a day, it's a lot of time you lose it. Yeah, you it's lose. one and a half hours all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. And you can, uh, um, if you spare that time, you can put it in use somewhere else. Yeah. And that's very necessary, I think, for now. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by by uh, by chance, do you know how much time it would save? I mean, we just did uh, the 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 basic calculation, but have you done any testing 
or do you have any? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're doing testing, and we also uh, spoke with a lot of uh, healthcare organizations and a lot of caregivers, and it's around like uh, eight and a half nine minutes each client uh, if you do it uh, digital. So it depends on if you're doing like a round and you do one or two patients digital, mm-hmm. you spare a little less time. Or you can also uh, put in like a digital caregiver who is in the, the office the, the whole day. Mm-hmm. So it adds up, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it, it also has to do indeed with the, the how you organize the process. You would need yeah. to re, redo the process a bit because you don't send out all the caregivers to, you don't have to disperse them uh, no, and also it's not necessary every time to do it digital. Sometimes mm. it's it's very necessary to be on location. Yeah. But I think it can save a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that's our main goal. Okay. It doesn't doesn't uh, uh, help the healthcare uh, to be totally health, healthy with the future, but I think we can we can provide a very good solution. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's in part uh, for the healthcare industry in particular it's a, a matter of using a couple of smaller breaks not just one big solution but uh, uh, smaller solutions like Webo, like like all uh, yeah all and i of- think what also is very important is if you can uh, combine those things because uh-huh. um most of the time, there are a lot of uh, very good tech solutions, also in healthcare, mm-hmm. and we're uh, all having like a very small part of the puzzle. And if we work together, uh, it can be so much better for clients, patients, uh, and also for the future. If people has to have to live at home for a very long time, it's just the way our healthcare system works right now. Yeah, very good to combine everything. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to be at Impact Fest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pitch on Impact Fest because we're part of the uh, Haagse Vernieuwers. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, we're one of the companies uh, who uh, are nominated for the Haagse Vernieuwers Innovation Prize. So yeah, I'm going to be there and I'm also going to be a different kind of things uh, at the Impact Fest. Not only the pitch, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, looking, looking forward to. We are of course to... very proud of Quebec being part of the. It's in in English. It's the Hague Innovators Challenge. It's a challenge that Impact City organizes each year, uh, for new innovations that are uh, being developed. Um, and um, yeah, there's been a beautiful organization uh, winning the prize in the former years, and Ariana with Quebec uh, was one of them uh, this year. So if listeners want to um, join Impact Fest and actually see all these uh, innovative, innovative organizations pitch their proposition that actually is taking place at, at Impact Fest. And it's an open session, so people can sign up for the session to see all these uh, innovative organizations. So um, if they want to join, they can join Impact Fest and uh, see Ariana pitch her uh, pitch proposition. Live. Live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll put a link to uh, for tickets in the show notes, and maybe towards the end we have uh, some uh, some good news about that. Uh, before we go there, um, I have an arrangement with uh, Jacqueline van den Ende, also an impact investor, um, 
And uh, the arrangement is that this podcast needs to be obsolete and necessary uh, in in about 10 years from now. What would be your uh, advice on how to make that happen? What needs to happen to uh, to for this podcast to be obsolete? I think in uh, my opinion, it's very, I just said it, it's very uh, important to work together mm-hmm. uh, with companies, but also uh, in healthcare, but also in tech. So I think we we women uh, most of the time also speak a different language. So if we can work together, we can uh, inspire other future uh, tech uh, women to work uh, in this very great part of uh, of the landscape. To be honest, so mm. yeah, working together, uh, I think that's the most important thing. Okay, thanks, Irene. Yeah, I think I would take it a little broader and not just women uh, disrupting tech, but in general, if you look at impact, what is needed, of course, it would be great if in 10 years time, impact is not a separate topic or women in tech is not a separate topic. I think what is needed, I agree with Ariana, is to just collaborate, but also to just have a positive mindset and 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 to think in an innovative way and think in solutions instead of just getting stuck in uh in, in uh, reasons not to do something or uh, yeah I, I really believe in a positive um, mindset and in uh, looking for solutions instead of yeah spending too much yeah. time in the difficulties <laughs> I, I think so uh, I fully agree with that both points of view by the way the, both the collaboration but also the the positive mindset I that I uh, fully uh, concur with so thanks for the wonderful conversation really enjoyed it uh last question where can people find out more about impact city about impact fest and about travel and about you personally shall i shall i go first ariana yeah (laughs) uh so if you uh, i'd love to have your listeners join impact city and you don't need to sign up or pay or be a member but if you are located in the hague uh working on sustainable innovations then definitely sign up on our newsletter so that's impactcity.nl and if you you can fill out your email address and you'll stay updated on all the different programs that we have and all the different events that are taking place of ourselves or of our partners so it, it would mm-hmm. be great to meet these women in tech either in the hague or outside of the hague um, if you want to join Impact Fest, then uh, we'd love to welcome you there. Um, we are generally sold out a few days before the event takes place, so don't wait too long getting your tickets. And uh, I'd like to um, uh, give the first three uh, listeners of this podcast the opportunity to uh, uh, to join Impact Fest for free. So um, if you want to join, um, then uh, go to impactfest.nl. And then you can buy a ticket. Uh, and then if you do want to buy this ticket, put in the code women disrupting tech with no uh, space between space. the letters. Uh, the first three people using this code will have a free ticket. And um, I mean, if the free tickets are up, then just uh, join us anyway. Tickets are not that uh, expensive and there'll be free uh, food there um, for the whole day. So um I'd love to meet all of you there. And if there's any questions, then you can find more information on impactfest.nl. 
Okay, and where can find people more about you? Can they connect on LinkedIn? Absolutely. So Irene Sommer is my name, and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. If you drop me a message, then I'll uh, I'd love to be in contact with you. Good, and we'll include that in the show notes, of course. Also, the the code that you can use to buy free tick your free ticket to uh, Impact Fest on the seventh of November. Yes, seventh right? of November. Yeah, it starts at eleven, okay. and it's until the end of the day, with uh, we ending with networking drinks at about five thirty, I think. Okay, cool, Ariana. Yes, you can uh, find more information, of course, on our website, uh, quibble.nl. And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, of course, Ariane van der Linden. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for us right now, we're at a stage where uh, a lot is happening as uh, financially uh, development of Quibble Care. Mm -hmm. And we're taking many steps. And if there are other companies uh, who would also like to make a digital impact on healthcare and make it more inclusive, we would ha be happy to invite them for a conversation about the future of healthcare. Yeah. Cool. Thank sounds, you. Uh, sounds like a great place to close. Thank you both very much, Irene and Ariane, for the, for the conversation. Uh, listeners, you can find all the information and links and codes in the show notes on womendisruptingtech.blog. Uh, and with that, thank you. Goodbye. Thank and you. Thank you. Talk Dejan. to you in the next episode. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Irene, Ariane, and I hope that you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. If you want to connect with Irene or Ariane, or want to learn more about Impact City, Impact Fest, or Quebble, you can go to the website womendisruptingtech.blog, where you find the show notes on this episode. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to tickets for Impact Fest. And if you order your ticket, please don't forget to use the code WomenDisruptingTech, all one word, at checkout. On the Women Disrupting Tech website, you can also join the Women Disrupting Tech community. This gives you access to exclusive Women Disrupting Tech events. And of course, you will be among the first to learn when new episodes go on air. If you want to hear more episodes of Women Disrupting Tech, uh, you can also follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple, GoodPods or Google. And if you do, please don't forget to give the show a rating or a review because this way you help other people discover the podcast. If you want to contribute to more diversity in tech, the way to do it is to share the podcast with friends, family and co-workers because this way you give my guests the platform they need to make this podcast obsolete in 10 years from now. Finally, if you want to connect with me, you can do that via the website womendisruptingtech.blog, but you can also do it via LinkedIn. Just look up my name and you'll find me there. That's it. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you in the next episode.